Hey everyone, this is Lloyd on Hawaii, also known as LA Smooth and the Great Lofa. And right now I'm here on this podcast introducing Kings of the Ring. You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to the Kings of the Ring, a fictionalized and romanticized retelling of the 1980s pro wrestling days, written and produced like an ensemble cast cable drama or soap opera. I want to give a quick shout out to some of the new patrons, Justin Taylor, Matthew Rogers, and Sam Hollingsworth from the UK. Yes, Patreon is available internationally, so everybody jump on. This is primarily a listener-supported show, so thanks so much to everyone. Remember to read the recaps in the episode notes, uh, which will contain all the relevant refreshers for today's episode. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA for profanity and graphic violence. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Charlie Gotch is with his son Nelly at Cops Frozen Custard in Milwaukee, enjoying a couple of Butterburgers. You are hereby commanded to place disclaimers to start every TV show and to state on your tickets that professional wrestling is a fictional exhibition and not true sport. Failure to comply will result in a full investigation launched by one Senator Ted Kennedy, to whom I have a direct line of communication. Failure to comply could result in the loss of promoters' licenses, suspension, and millions in fines. They even have the power to do something like that? I don't know. Buddy's the one who's friends with all the politicians and knows how Washington works. Why don't we ask him? Oh, wait. You flushed 30 years of friendship down the crapper. Charlie shoots his son a dirty look. Don't you know someone that works for the Secretary of State? Can't you find out? I know a guy that works at the State Department, but uh, he's a nobody. He has no power or connections to anyone who matters. What are we going to do? Nothing. You're not worried? He's bluffing. Hmm. I hope you're right, Pop. I'm always right. Nellie bites his tongue. Now what about this deal in Atlanta? You're going to be looking at some new wrestlers? Yes. And Abdullah trained them? Yep. Hmm. I'll never forgive that beast fucker. Defying me, refusing to shoot on Thor. He's the whole reason we're all in this predicament. Dad, you know it's a sticky situation all around, and we can't be talking about our role and all that. All I know is I don't want to be within spitting distance of that Arab turncoat. You won't have to be. Charlie opens his desk and pulls out an unmarked and sealed envelope. But I need you to take this to Bert. Okay? If you're going to do this, uh, make sure you get someone good, someone legit. Actually, Dad, I'm going to get someone completely opposite from who you'd want. Why would you do such a thing? Because I'm going to save your company. How's that? I'm going to bring back the next Thor Hansen. Kings of the Ring, Episode 5, Calling Kennedys. Nigel Davies is seated on a park bench in Central Park, smoking a Winston and holding a letter. Julian Kane is in front of him in his short shorts, high socks, wristbands, and headband, jogging in place, checking his heart rate. 
Meanwhile, Les Henderson, in a sloppy gray sweatsuit, drenched in sweat, is bent over, still trying to catch his breath. Let me see that. Nigel hands Julian a letter from Michael Sluck while taking a long drag. Telling you, people don't care. Shut up, Henderson. This is an interesting development, if he can truly bring in Senator Kennedy. I don't like being put in this position. That this asshole or the government think they can hurt me. I want to turn the tables on these fuckers so it backfires on them. You're still considering telling the fans it's a work? I don't want that stigma of being looked at as a, a carny huckster. That was my father, not me. Empire Wrestling is more palatable to the masses than the Alliance by our lighter style and Disney-like presentation. But I don't want people thinking it's a, a trick. People are already starting to doubt us, and Stallone is worried enough by this scandal. He's already editing an alternate cut of Rambo, and he wants to go on the Eddie Carr show without Thor. I'll talk with Sly again, but think about it, Nigel. Maybe this is a good thing. If we took control of this, and presented Empire how we want it presented, there would be multiple advantages. We wouldn't be restricted by the legalities of an athletic event. How much money and red tape do we burn through every year on licenses, insurance, and regulation from New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania? I understand that, but what you're suggesting is quite radical. Even more radical than what we're already doing. All because of a two-bit reporter. We could do a major spread in the new EWF magazine. Or I could go on 60 Minutes and give CBS the scoop. Jalian, you didn't bring me in to say yes to all of your ideas. You brought me in for my counsel and my experience. Yes, Nigel, but perhaps we need to be more open-minded. This could be a blessing in disguise. The fans don't want this. Since when do we do what the fans want? We tell them what they want. Nigel doesn't know what to say. I'm going to put together an outline, a proposal, on how we can present the Empire Wrestling Federation's uh, orchestrated nature. If this bomb is going to blow, I'd rather we set it off in a way that we can shrug off. But for the World Wrestling Alliance, which is so rooted in tradition and kayfabe, they'll be destroyed. <laughs> Come on, Hendo. Let's do another lap around the park. <gasps> what? Corporal Punishment gets in without an appointment to see John Snyder, the president of Hasbro Toys, with some great news. Come in, come in, Jerry. Would you like a, a Perrier spring water or a Coke? Lucy, bring Jerry one of them new Cokes. Go on, try it out. Maybe you'll like it. You see, they made Coca-Cola all brand new. I think it tastes like cow piss, but maybe it's more for you young people. Uh, no, thank you, Mr. Snyder. I'm not thirsty. I'm just here because I'm ready to work and to get started on the Corporal Punishment Project. That's wonderful news, my boy. Yes, sir. I'm free and clear now. Whatever you need for Corporal Punishment, I'm available full-time. I no longer work for the Empire Wrestling Federation. Hang on one second, Jerry. Mr. Snyder opens a can of new Coke and takes a sip. <sighs> nope. Still tastes like the sweat off a bulldog's balls. Now, did you just say you don't work for the EWF anymore? No, sir, I do not. <laughs> I think there was some sort of miscommunication, young man. But this entire toy line is based on you being an EWF wrestler. 
If we wanted to make toys as some guy off the street, then I'd go find a guy off the street. I wanted Corporal Punishment the wrestler, fighting the bad guys in the ring, and on Saturday morning cartoons, fighting the bad guys in a tank or a jet airplane. I'm sorry, Jerry, but this changes everything. I'm afraid we're going to have to reval- Wait, sir. Jerry thinks fast on his feet. So this all depends on me being part of something available on TV sets everywhere in America? Well, yeah. What if I can still hold up my end of the deal, even if it's not in the Empire? If you can, of course the deal is back on. But nothing like that even exists. Give me 48 hours, sir, and I will deliver corporal punishment in the ring, nationwide, every week, just like you want. In the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Louis the Greek smiles as Hercules Harris stands in front of a full-length mirror in the locker room with a look of sorrow on his face, like Ralphie in Christmas Story wearing the pink bunny suit. It's not bad. It's very colorful, like a, like Las Vegas showgirl. Is that supposed to make me feel better? His head is surrounded by a large plume of feathers shooting out three feet from his face. Similar feathers and fur around his ankles and wrists with short trunks and a necklace of bony teeth. Louis hands him a long spear. And I got a wake in my bare feet. Yes, but you were crying love joy. He won't step at your foot. And what's my new name again? I ask Julian uh, how you say. Uh, you are Mabutu Zulu. Leroy Brown walks by wrapping his wrists in tape and sees Herc in his getup. Oh, my lord, have mercy. Goodbye, Hercules. Hello, um, Fufu. Leroy shakes his head, pats Harris's shoulder, and walks away. Damn! Jimmy Buck is in the ring in the Civic Center in Columbia, South Carolina. The fans up in arms as Jimmy does the same angle he did on TV, inciting the good fans of Southeast Championship Wrestling, watching the spectacle of Jimmy Buck wrestle down and pin a regular old non-wrestler woman. The outlaw Jesse James peeks from behind the curtain, more than pleased at the reactions Jimmy has been getting at house shows all week at the angle that they booked. Daniel Hawkins comes up from behind. Any word on those bodybuilders from Wisconsin? Can any of them wrestle now? Prince of Bob gave a good word that there's plenty of potential in that group. I have a few rows of mine. I'm sure I can find what I need. Jimmy Buck walks back through the curtain, drenched in sweat, where Jesse waits for him and walks them back towards a separate dressing room. On the way, Jimmy sees the gorgeous Miss Kitty in the locker room and asks Jesse, Hey, who's the looker? Huh? What a figure. Hello? She is dynamite. He steps up to her. Hey, let me tell you, doll, next time I'm beating my brajol, I'll be thinking of you, sweetheart. Miss Kitty makes the gag sign with her finger in her mouth. Come on, Romeo, it's Cadet. The one and only Eddie Carr, the silver-haired king of late night, stands in his gray suit before a multicolored curtain before the adoring studio audience in Burbank, California. Thank you, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for being here, thank you. So, uh, there's someone new in in charge of Russia now, the uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, so you get the last guy, uh, Treninko, uh, he was the one who pulled Russia out of the Olympics last year, and and this is a different guy. So apparently they 
They, they change them once in a while. Right? I did not know that. D- did you know that, Sarge? Eddie looks over at Sarge McDaniels, his overweight band leader. Yes. Yeah, so, so the new new fellow, the, the new guy in charge is named Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, here he is now. He posts a picture of Gorbachev, his iconic red birthmark on his forehead. Yep, it's him. Uh, and Mikhail Gorbachev, translated into English, is guy with splotch on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but people are, are excited about, about the, new, the new Rambo movie starring Sylvester Saloon. Yes, it's here for and apparently Rambo is what's called a sequel. Sequel. Which is a movie that that takes place after another movie of the same name, but slightly different. Did you know that, Sarge? That, that that's how that, that works? Yes. And that's what Rambo is, the sequel to First Blood. But instead of calling it First Blood 2, they've decided to call it Rambo. Of course, we all remember the original movie, First Blood, about a teenage girl entering puberty. Puberty. These are the jokes, people. (laughs) So, of course, Sylvester Stallone will be here, along with his co-star, Thor Hansen. And I'm told that Thor is is actually the, the champion of the Empire Wrestling Federation. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, that's, that's news to me. Did you know that, Sarge, that, that he was uh, the champion? Wrestling. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Sarge. Uh, Thor is playing Rambo's sidekick, beating the crap out of dozens of actors who are paid to lay down for him. Which shouldn't be much of a stretch for Thor, since he is a professional wrestler. (laughs) Julian Kane is at his swanky Upper West Side apartment watching the Eddie Carr show nervously. Sylvester Stallone is in the chair nearest Eddie Carr in a white suit with a pink t-shirt, while Thor Hansen is in blue spandex pants and a cut-off, red, white, and blue American Viking t-shirt fresh off the EWF presses. Thor is very tense and not smiling. Still hot after Eddie's shot he took at him and wrestling during the monologue. Stallone senses this and laughs nervously throughout the interview. Eddie snickers as he gestures at Thor with his pencil. Does he laugh or just flex his boobies? <laughs> Thor's huge pecs jiggle as he flexes them to the amazement of the crowd. He's still not laughing. At home, Julian runs his hands through his hair, gritting his teeth as Thor finally speaks. I'm sorry, Eddie. Uh, such an honor to be here. I'm from L.A. and grew up watching you, and it's, it's amazing that the last time I was here, I was in the stands with all those beautiful people up there. And now, I'm on the couch. Well, I thank you, Thor. It's nice to know that members of my audience can grow into, uh, um, you. To be honest, Eddie, I'm probably more comfortable in a wrestling ring than up here. Well, whatever we can do to make you more comfortable, uh, would you like the audience to hurl cups of beer at you? 
Well, how about I teach you a wrestling move, Eddie? Who'd like to see that? Huh? Sylvester Stallone laughs nervously again, while Julian Kane is pissing his pants at home. It's an easy hold. I'll demonstrate it on you, Eddie. It's called a front face lock. Front face lock? <laughs> that sounds like something I'd like to do with Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> yes, face lock. Thor gets fired up and is about to stand up, which makes Eddie nervous, when Sylvester puts his hand on Thor's shoulder. Oh, no, Eddie, I don't think you want that. Sly gives Thor a quick look and Thor heeds and stays seated. See, Eddie, this is the kind of ferocity that Thor brings to Rambo. The character he plays is like my uh, enforcer, who acts before he thinks. <laughs> but he has a heart of gold, just like the real guy here. He slaps Thor's chest. And is why he's the most popular wrestler in the world. Well, if he's half as impressive in Rambo as he is here tonight, then, then folks will be in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, Rambo will be out on May 23rd at theaters everywhere. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back with Joe and Embry. Nigel Davies is in his large bed. The glowing lights of his TV reflect off the large, white, furry headboard. The elegant golden phone rings, and he picks it up. Did you see that? Sylvester Stallone is my new hero. You really bailed us out tonight. Indeed. Could have been a certified disaster. Had he caught us in his late 60s, Thor would have knocked him out cold, dropped his head on that hard floor, probably killed him. Not good publicity at all. Not that he didn't deserve it. Yes. Carr wasn't very merciful to our kind, was he? This damn ABC story. But I'm not going to be the straight man to more of Eddie Carr's punchlines. Fuck ABC, fuck Michael Sluck, and fuck Ted Kennedy. Okay. We will not reveal wrestling as a work. We'll ride this out, not add more fuel. Consider that idea buried. Besides, the next big thing I'm putting together for the Empire is going to make everyone forget about the ABC report. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. <laughs> oh, yeah. Deacon's my name and Bolin's my game. Gutterball, gutterball! Turn to Kings of the Ring. In the backwoods of Stone Mountain, Georgia, lies a warehouse where Brutal Bob Walker and Prince Abdullah Akbar have been training Chris Stanley and the Meat Machine guys. Inside this rackety old warehouse, these aspiring wrestlers are doing their best to show that they can be wrestlers. 
all before the heads of the World Wrestling Alliance were scattered throughout the warehouse on a few random chairs, watching, evaluating, as they paired off to wrestle each other, with Riggs working twice, and are now in a seven-man battle royal. Chris Stanley leans in to his uncle Bert Ironside. As you can see, everyone's still pretty green, but definitely potential with everybody. A few of them I can see breaking out in a very big way, uncle. Uh, it's pretty remarkable that all this talent came from one high school in the upper Midwest. For right now, uh, Rogowski and Jason Razor over there, they're the best in the ring. Jason's only issue is his height and physique. Uh, Shark has the best look right now, I think. And Mike Peel is the biggest, but unfortunately those two are also the weakest workers of the bunch. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. But that Peel is one big some bitch. Must be a 6'8 or 6'9. Jesse James sits back with a long blade of grass from outside between his teeth and cowboy hat over his eyes. Daniel Hawkins eagerly turns to him while watching. This is it, huh? So who do you like? That one guy looks seven feet tall. I like the one who looks like Magnum P.I. Uh, Rogowski. He's smaller than others, but a better worker. I think it's going to be best for us in the long term. I mean, we got Donnie Gold, the Rock and Rollers, the Ebony's, a lot of good workers. Want good hands to be our foundation. But we do need some size and bodies. All these muscle guys I'm seeing are interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. You can take any of them and I'll get what I need. That would be something to have someone as big as that one boy, Mike. He sure is ugly. Nelly Gotch watches while standing, pacing around, intently watching them in the ring, as Prince Abdullah nervously walks over to Nelly and holds his hand out. Good to see you, Nelly. Abdullah. Nelly shakes his hand with a tight grip, then looks back in the ring. Give my regards to your father. He doesn't send his. Abby sullenly walks back to the ring and watches his boys, seeing the wounds have not healed between he and the gotchas. Chris continues his report to his uncle. But but look at Ian Streeter in, in the red shorts. One who looks like a caveman. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But underneath that, that stupid shaggy mop and that long cheesy mustache is a really good looking guy. We clean him up, and I think we can Kay do it. Chris silences himself as Nelly Gotch approaches. How you doing, Bert? He stands in front of Chris, who's confused for a moment, until Nelly just keeps staring, and Chris finally gets the hint, and gets up out of the chair and walks away for the older wrestler. Nelly takes his seat. You heard anything from Crusher? He's the only one not here. I think he's got bigger problems right now. He pulls the unmarked sealed envelope from his inside pocket and hands it to Bert. From Dad. He said you'd know what to do with this. Bert pulls his glasses from his shirt pocket and opens the envelope and reads. Hmm. About time. Uh, thank you, Nelly. While you're down here, we'll have to hit a proper southern barbecue. Show Yankees like you how to cook meat. Gentlemen, please. Let's get the started. Prince Abdullah summons everyone to one spot. They grab their chairs and shuffle to one side of the ring. Seven guys in the ring catch their breath, covered in sweat, while the Prince and Brutal Bob are on the floor. Every one of these guys is the shits, and I'd never hire any one of them to do anything more than set up chairs or to shovel up shit on a pig farm. The guys in the ring look down sad, while Shark gives Bob a dirty look. <coughs> uh, these boys all work hard. 
They are green, but you know that. We not have a lot of time, but they can work. Nellie Gotch, Bert Ironside, Chris Stanley, Jesse James, Daniel Hawkins, and Raylan Crenshaw are all seated in a row, looking at them. Hey, big guy, you. Michael Peel looks up. Hey, you. What's your name, and how tall are you exactly? My name's Mike. They measured me six foot seven in high school. Probably a little taller now. Raylan Crenshaw from Nashville remarks. Hey, you a big old boy. But your face looks like the rear end of a one-legged buffalo with leprosy. The others all nod in agreement. His face looks like the inside of a dick. Mike looks down sorrowful as his buddies feel sorry for him, but understand they just have to take it, just like their coaches did to them in high school. If you ate a week-old enchilada and got diarrhea, but then sprayed that diarrhea onto another plate of week-old enchiladas, that would be his face. Everyone looks to young Chris Stanley for his dig. Um, uh, I think he might look cool with a mask. Yeah? And you? Nellie looks at Ian Streeter. Yeah, you, the one who looks like Captain Caveman. You look like the bass player from Spinal Tap. <laughs> Where'd you find these guys, Akbar? Chris winks at Bert, as Ian is the one he wants. I could just say something to everybody. Justin Taylor looks at everyone from the ring. Uh, my name's Justin, uh, and it's an honor to do this. Uh, we're all going to work hard no matter what. And we know that we're going to get split up, uh, but just so you know, me and Jason here have already been working on a tag team gimmick with Chris, uh, like that movie The Road Warrior. Justin looks like the power lifter that he is. Jason looks just like him, but a little shorter, flabbier, and not as muscular, but still looks strong. Chris goes to stand up to speak, then pauses and looks to his Uncle Bert, who nods his approval. All right, if any of you have seen that movie with Mel Gibson, it's totally filled with wrestling gimmicks. Justin and Jason have been working on spots together, and they were going to shave their hair or do mohawks like the main heel in that movie, you know, the one with the red mohawk. Justin adds, Yeah, Chris came up with this cool name for me, Buzzsaw. And Jason's last name is R-O-E-S-E-R, but we always called him Razor. So that's our team, Buzzsaw and Razor, the Road Warriors. Pretty cool, huh? You can't call yourself the Road Warriors. That's exactly the name of the movie. And Mel Gibson was the Road Warrior, not all the heels. I don't like the name either. Name like the Road Warriors will never get over in this business. If anyone should be the Road Warrior, it should be you, Tom Selleck. I mean, you look tough, but you're not a monster like these guys. You should be the Road Warrior, like Mel Gibson. His name was Mad Max. Uh, Riggs, you could be Mad Max. Bo Riggs responds. Well, I got a leather jacket like the movie. Uh, I can cut the arm off and gimmick it like they do in the movie, like Mad Max. I can do that. And Buzzsaw, Razor, uh, I don't know about you two as a team. I mean, uh, you look like twins, but one's clearly smaller. It automatically makes you seem the weaker of the two because you look so much alike. I'm Shark, and that's 24 hours a day, brother. I don't even want people calling me anything other than Shark. Even you guys. I'm a shark. <laughs> Nathan Wilkinson, in his short, dark hair, politely raises his hand. Hello, sirs. I'm Nathan Wilkinson. Uh, I don't have a funny haircut, but I can't bench more than these other guys. He flexes his broad chest on his six-foot-two-inch body. I don't have anything in mind for a gimmick. 
Uh, whatever you want for me, I'll do it. Okay, uh, enough of this chatter. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, boys, get on out of the ring and line up side by side. Jesse turns to the other heads of the Alliance. Y'all know who you want. Yeah, yep. I do. Yeah. Yep. Now we got seven guys for the four of us. So to balance this out, two of you can pick first. But that's all the pick you're going to get. I'm fine with that. It's only one of them I want anyway. I'll agree to that. Me too. So who wants the first pick? I do. No, I do. Bert stares down the pot-bellied Tennessean Raylan Crenshaw. Raylan gets it. What? Ladies first. They're funny, cowboy, but I will happily take that first pick. First up, Crenshaw for Wild Wild Wrestling. Bert Ironside for All South at number two. Number three will be Nelly for America Midwest. Then Daniel and I pick for Southeast. Then for the final three, Nelly picks one more, and I get whoever's left. That's not fair, we're only getting one. My game, my rules. Remember, you two are getting the first pick. I'm just getting the leftovers. Let's get started. Mr. Sluck, please hold for Senator Kennedy. Michael Sluck is in his offices at ABC News headquarters. Neck brace still around his neck. Yes? Senator Kennedy, good to speak to you again. I've left at least a dozen messages and been getting the runaround from your secretary. We have a very important consumer matter concerning the Empire Wrestling Federation and the World Wrestling you Alliance. Listen here, Slark. Do you understand what's going on in America in 1985? The Scott bombing, major mafia crackdowns are developing as we speak. And my beloved Celtics are on the verge of a second championship. The United States Senate, nor I, Senator Theodore R. Kennedy, will waste any time strong-arming some Hackneyed sports company to force disclaimers or warnings. But you see it. We care not for the Dominic Dantes or the Thor Hansons of this world. We care about actual American problems. Well, well I, what I think... Rebuilding the Democratic Party in the wake of our largest shellacking in electoral history from Ronald Reagan. I know, but this could actually help This your... is nonsense. Uh, Senator, please. Oh, I've got an appointment with the boys at the Crab Shack. Getting an early start on the weekend. By finding out if this new Coke goes better with bourbon or rum. But sir, it's Wednesday. Farewell, Sluck. Damn it. The boys in the video editing room are at work, putting together pieces for next week's show. <laughs> what is it, boss? The director asks as he eats a hoagie, the meat falling out the sides. All that footage from the fans, talking about wrestling? We're not doing a part two. Just dump it. Get rid of it all. And don't anyone ever say the word pro wrestling to me ever again. Whatever you say, boss. Will you still watch wrestling? Of course. Why would I stop? It's fake, huh? Oh, sure it is, boy. Hey, you hear this guy Loretta? He's telling us wrestling's fake. Good one. Of course it's fake. I heard that years ago. Why do you still watch it then? So what? It's not something you think about while you're watching it. Those guys are fucking good at what they do. You know what? I think what you're doing is pretty fucked up. Yeah, right, fellas? You leave wrestling alone. They're better fucking actors than those jokers on Falcon Crest of Dallas. I mean, have you... In Lincoln, Nebraska, far from the nearest Alliance show from Heartland or All South, K.J. Parker drives up to a high school gym where an outlaw wrestling show is being held tonight. Wrestling gear in hand, hoping to be hired for the night by this group. 
but before he can even get to the rear door, he's grabbed by the arms and pulled into a side alley. KJ Parker, you got a lot of fucking nerve trying to work any kind of wrestling show after the shit you pulled. KJ turns and it's two big guys wearing wrestling masks. What the? Who are you guys? I didn't say anything that bad. A lot of shit come down on the business from what you did. I, I'm sorry, man. They took me out of context. They only showed five minutes of our whole interview. I was trying to get better rights, better pay for the boys. Charlie Gotch, all the others, they're a bunch of crooks. The only crook is you, stealing money out of everyone's pockets. We're here to deliver a message from the Alliance. Find a new career. <laughs> <laughs> You and that mouth of yours, writing a check your butt can't cash, showing that mark on a blade, way too much, amigo. And your blade technique is totally wrong. How about we show you the real way to blade, how we do it? One of the men pulls out a gig, a blade sticking out of a wadded up hunk of masking tape. No, 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 please. draft over and all the Alliance Kings long gone, the Meat Machine, Justin, Mike, Nathan, Ian, Jason, Bo, and Shark sit around the ring with Chris Stanley, Prince Abdullah, and Brutal Bob Walker, drinking cans of Miller Lite. Mmm, tastes great, Nate Wilkinson declares. Less filling, Justin Taylor responds. I said, tastes great. Oh, no, 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 don't start this again, these stupid commercials. I can't wait for you all to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, it's a long time since I train anyone. While I not miss the potato you all give, I will miss you all. You're all green as goose shit. I don't see any future in any of you. But I was learning to hate you a little less every day. Razor wipes a tear. Thanks, Bob. I feel like that's the nicest thing you've ever said to anyone. It is. Good. Now you can get me a date with your daughter, Miss Kitty. Ha ha ha. Shark chuckles. What the fuck did you just say? Bob puts his beer down and moves towards Shark, glaring. Shark sneers and ignores him. He was just kidding, Bob. Don't have a cow. Ian Streeter steps in between them, his six foot four inch, 275 pounds, making Bob Walker look small. Enough of this. Buzzsaw, we need to split. We got a long fucking drive. Bro, I'm still Justin. I never liked Justin. It's a pussy name. I'd rather call you Buzzsaw. Come on, let's go. This fucking bullshit. I wanted to stay here. Maybe live in Florida. Justin Shit. shakes his head at Shark's abrasiveness. Sucks. While Razor looks away sad, that circumstance has changed, and he won't be teaming with his best friend after all. Bo Riggs stands up and holds up his beer. Hey, uh, uh, listen guys, uh, you know, Bob and Prince smarted us up on the business, so we know this probably the last time we're all gonna be together like this. So I want to recognize this moment. You know, a year ago, uh, shit, six months ago, we, we were just a bunch of losers from Ashkash with a bunch of dreams. And now this is happening. It's really happening. Damn right, baby. We're gonna be fucking wrestlers. Real fucking wrestlers. And we did it before Vance Armstrong could get we in. We fucking did it. The men stand and put their beers together in a circle. Get your fat ass in here, Chris. You did this with us. All right, all right, I'm coming. Yeah, brother. You're an honorary member of the meat machine from now on, Chris. Shit, I almost forgot. My mom got me this new codec. Uh, Prince, 
can you take our picture, please? He clips on the flash on top of the black candy bar looking camera and hands it to Prince Abdullah. And even though we're all going to different territories, let's make a vow right now to always be friends and always watch out for each other, no matter where we go or where we end up. Yeah. 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 All right, boys, one last time. M-E-A-G-M-A-C-H-I-N-E. Meat machine. Meat machine. Meat machine. All right. Yeah. Here at the halfway point, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the celebrity-filled mid-season finale, Calling Kennedy. Season 2 is bursting at the seams, so this week, multiple deleted scenes were featured, including the return of Sal Spinelli and the Tarzan Kid back into Kings of the Ring, Sylvester Stallone talking to Thor Hansen after their Eddie Carr appearance, and the actual Alliance draft itself. That's right, patrons uh, would have heard where exactly the Meat Machine guys were drafted to, while everyone else will have to wait until the next episode to see uh, where people ended up. If you are listening through Patreon, I hope you enjoyed all those scenes. If you did not hear those, then you are listening to the worldwide release of Kings of the Ring, and I invite you to become a patron, since every episode will not only be available to you two weeks before the rest of the world, but will always have at least one deleted scene and other scenes uh, expanded. And of course, all the deleted scenes from the entire Season 2 will be immediately available to you as well. Uh, You can still follow the story if you don't become a patron, but these deleted scenes will definitely flesh out the story. Speaking of which, I want to shout out to our top guys of Patreon. Stuart Flaherty, Randy Larzalier, Justin Taylor, Russell Linderman, Nathan Wilkinson, Zach Like, Yosemite Smith, Dom Rose, Matthew Rogers, Michael Sluck, John Johnston IV, Jeremiah DeBolt, Duncan Clark, Sam Hollingsworth, and John Snyder. That's right, the same John Snyder, who is the president of Hasbro Toys, who wants to build a toy line around corporal punishments. If you are a Patreon top guy or top girl, you get to be a genuine Kings of the Ring character. That means in the show, plus the book. And coming up, Rambo opens in theaters nationwide. More Jimmy Buck wrestling women. Julian Kane runs into an old friend. Plus, we finally get to see Julian Kane's big idea for the Empire. And of course, we see the debuts of every wrestler from the Oshkosh Meat Machine throughout the Alliance. Meat Unleashed. <laughs>